Welcome to Annasbrook Church. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Graham Hislop, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. So great to be together and a big welcome as Brent and Jared welcomed everyone earlier. If you've just joined us, We are hanging out online again. We're back in this. And actually, this is part four of Tales of Revival for us as a church. This whole theme this year has been on revival. We've just really felt it uh, as a declaration, as a, I guess it's just a, um, a vision, if you like, to what God can do, only God can do. And so uh, we've been talking about revival and telling stories of people's revival. And it's been amazing. You can find our podcast actually online if you want to. So this is part four of Tales of Revival. And I've simply titled this, Come Holy Spirit, the story of Catherine Kuhlman. Come Holy Spirit, the story of Catherine Kuhlman. Let me give you a verse out of John chapter 14, verse 16. This is Jesus speaking. And I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate or helper to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot receive Him, it says, because it never, it neither sees Him or knows Him. But you, speaking to His followers, His disciples, you actually know Him for He abides with you and He will be in you. And he goes on to say, Jesus, he says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, which is so good to know in moments like this. You're not abandoned. You know, the promise of God is that He'll be with you. And it goes on to um, speak about what the Holy Spirit would do. Well, Catherine Kuhlman, uh, she was born in 1907. Uh, She passed away in 1976. She first encountered God at the age of 14 years old. Her parents were actually churchgoers, but she stated that neither of them really made that much of an effort at it. One went to a Baptist church and the other went to a Methodist church. And she had a kind of a real affinity with her dad, so we'd go to the dad's church. And, but it was actually at a Methodist church that she felt God's presence for the first time at the age of 14. I don't know if there's any 14-year-olds watching this right now or connecting with us, but if you are, God knows you, God sees you. And this is the moment for Catherine Kuhlman that she first experienced God. And it was quite a moment for her. It was like a real reality that she knew God was real and she couldn't explain what happened, but she knew that God had touched her life. A little bit, fast forward a little bit, she actually ended up travelling with her sister and her brother-in-law. They were actually evangelists, uh, which means they went out and they preached the Gospel and they'd do these tent healing crusades and they actually employed Catherine Kuhlman, it's a cool story, to be their kid's nanny. So she'd go along and at the night meetings when the kids were asleep, she'd duck off to the big tent and hear the message and hear and see people respond to Jesus. And that was Catherine Kuhlman's experience. And uh, well, shortly into this, they couldn't afford to pay her anymore to be her nanny. And so they said, maybe you should go back home. She came from a very, very small town. But something had kind of come alive in her. She'd got the bug for it. And she decided to go out on her own at a young age and start preaching the gospel and telling people about Jesus. And so she did. She didn't have huge crowds. No one backed her financially. She'd go into these tiny towns with these turkey and chicken houses. They were like um, kind of small size halls. And there'd be um, chickens in there and turkeys, like I explained in the name. And she would go in and clean them out, like 
um, sweep them and then stay overnight over four or five nights and just preach the gospel. And people would turn up and people would come to know Jesus. And this went on for some time. And then she planted a church in Denver, which actually grew really significantly. Anyway, she's really well known because she became a global phenomena. Um, These small kind of early days, you wouldn't think that. But as she started this church in Denver, after going out into ministry, she met this guy called uh, Burroughs Waldrop. And he actually ministered at her church. They actually turned out to be a really, really sad part of Catherine's story. Because as they fell in love and got closer together, and uh, he proposed to her to be married, she knew in her heart that it wasn't actually the right thing to do to marry him. And all of her friends and pastor friends, people, a number of them warned her and said, we don't know if this is the right thing. And she ended up actually going through with it and marrying him. And she tells the story that she was actually at the altar making her vows, said the, the phrase, I do, and realised that she'd done the wrong thing. And this started a tragic part of the story for Catherine Coleman because she was at odds in an internal dilemma with the fact that she hadn't done what God had actually told her to do. And now she was actually about to do what God said not to do as well. She, she was so stuck. Many of the biographies that you read about Catherine Coleman, you'll actually read that she thought this was the end of her. And actually, um, she had to give up her church as a result of it. Such deep regret, such deep pain, um, such deep hurt. She couldn't live with herself. So one afternoon, she leaves her apartment in the outskirts of Los Angeles as she's trying to work out what to do. And she walks down a tree-shaded street. You can kind of imagine it or picture it. As she's walking down, the sun started flickering through these great limbs of the tree that reached over and the sun began to break through overhead. And as she looked up at the sun, she saw a street sign and it simply said, dead end. There was this heartache, such a deep heartache going on in her that she couldn't, she said, put it into words. Let me quote what she said. If you think it's easy to go to the cross, it's simply because you've never been there. I've been there. She said, I know it and I had to go alone. I knew nothing about the wonderful filling of the Holy Spirit. I knew nothing about the power of the mighty third person of the Holy Spirit. All I knew was it was four o'clock on a Saturday afternoon and I'd come to the place where my life, I was ready to give it all up and die. I said out loud, dear Jesus, I've I surrender everything. I give it over to you. Take my body, take my heart. I am All I am is yours. She said, I have nothing to give you now but my love. No talent. She said, nothing notable, just my love. I place my life, my very life in your wonderful hands. And she said that in that moment, I yielded to God in body, soul and spirit. I gave Him everything. And she said, that was the day and the moment that Catherine Coleman died. And when I gave, when I died, I gave to God everything and the Holy Spirit came in. For this very first moment, I knew what it meant to have power at this desperate place of surrender. Jesus often talked about surrender. He actually often talked about learning what it was. He said that there's different groups of people, some who try to hold on to their lives, but in doing so lose it. Others who lose their life, but in doing so lose their life to Him, actually gain it. And it's actually not uncommon to hear that. So she moved on. She trusted God. The two separated. It became a wee bit contentious. 
But she held on to God with everything she had and she just started simply preaching the gospel, this incredible gospel and grace of Jesus Christ. Well, it was shortly after that that she began travelling to speak and she encountered for the first time ever in her life the concept of divine healing. She said she was so frustrated and tired of seeing healing services that were devoid of miracles that for four days she cried out in prayer concerning the reality of what Jesus died for. And then in 1947, while preaching about the Holy Spirit, a strange thing happened. She wasn't even speaking about healing, but the next day she was in Franklin, Pennsylvania. She started speaking again on the Holy Spirit. She hadn't even mentioned healing and a lady stood up and said, pardon me, Miss Coleman, I've got a testimony to give. She said, while you were preaching last night, I had a strange sensation in my body and I knew I'd been healed. I knew it. And today I went to my doctor and he confirmed that I was. She was totally healed, this lady, of a tumour. She'd had a tumour that was notable. The doctor knew about it. And at this moment was the beginning out of nowhere of miracles. The next week, a man named George Orr felt a tingling during one of her services around his eyes. His eye was restored to sight after 22 years of being blind, totally restored. Catherine Coleman had accidentally discovered the power of the Holy Spirit. She said this, let me read you this quote. It's a huge challenge. The Holy Spirit then, she said, was the answer. An answer so profound that no human being can fathom the full extent of his depth and power. And yet so simple, most people miss it. She said, I understood that night why there is no need for a healing line, why there was no healing virtue in a card. And that reference she's quoting was back in that day, you'd fill in a card about what you might need healing for. She said, there's no, there's no power in that. She even says this, there's no power in a person's personality, not for wild exhortations, in other words, shouting or yelling, or she even said to have faith. That was the beginning of this healing ministry that God had given me was strange to so many people because the fact that hundreds of people have been healed sitting quietly in the audience without a demonstration whatsoever and even without a preacher's rebuke. She said, this is because the presence of the Holy Spirit has been in such abundance that by His presence alone, sick bodies are healed. Even as people wait outside of the building doors to be opened, they're healed. And it actually was reported at the end of her life, verified by doctors, that over 2 million people had received healing during her ministry. I've watched the YouTubes. You go YouTube it. She actually stands on a platform of nearly any size and she just stands there and simply prays a simple prayer, come Holy Spirit, move. She doesn't even rant on about it. You watch the, it's amazing clips. She's quite a flamboyant preacher, but just a simple request, a simple invitation. There was one um, Man, I saw actually after these simple prayers, she would invite up people that knew that they'd been healed. One auditorium, um, you can watch the clip, um, hundreds of people were healed in one moment 
in one prayer a simple invitation. And she would say, listen, if you know you've been healed, I want you to come up on the stage and tell people about it. Well, this one gentleman, and you can watch it online, he was a scientist. And he said to her, she said, you're a scientist. She obviously found out through her assistant. And he said, yes. And she said, well, what's happened tonight? And he said, my ears, I've been deaf for years. The doctors told me that the nerve endings in both ears were dead. She said, they were dead. Yes. And he said, she said, so can you hear me now? And she began to walk around him on the stage and walk further and further back. And he could hear everything. His hearing had been totally restored. And so Catherine said to the scientist, so did you come here tonight believing? And he said, I didn't come believing. She said, well, why did you come? And he said, I was curious. I wanted to disprove it. The powerful Holy Spirit had entered this man's situation in such an amazing way that his hearing had been totally restored, just an invitation. And it's my feeling right now as we you know, talk about the tales of revival that I think that the world needs to get acquainted with the third person of the God here that we know, the Holy Spirit. I think not only that, but I think that we need to. I think that each of us need to understand this God in the Holy Spirit that Jesus said He would give us as a helper. John 14, I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you a counsellor. I'm going to send you somebody who's going to take care of some things for me is available to every one of us. And I really think that we need Him. It's obvious in a world and and, and times like we're living in right now, you need something more than just talent and you need something more than just kind of willpower. The Holy Spirit, He wants to help us. So that's my first point. The Holy Spirit is real and He's a real personality. And as real as Jesus is, the Holy Spirit is. As real as the Father is, the Holy Spirit is. And it's like the Father and the Son, God the Father and Jesus are both backing the Holy Spirit and doing all of their bidding and all of their work through this powerful and invisible being, the Holy Spirit. But He's real. He's as real as you and I are. And Jesus wants to give Him to help us, give Him to us, a comforter, a counsellor, a presence, a fellowship. You're not alone. None of us need to be alone. And number two is this. He's good at doing stuff that we're not good at. You know, everyone watching right now and everyone that you're connected with, you're good at, good at at least one thing, just one thing. You know, we've all got talents and abilities. The thing about the Holy Spirit is He's good at doing things that none of us could do. He's like a restorer and He's a strategist. And, and the Bible talks about Him giving people wisdom. And in fact, even right now, I feel like there's people watching right now and you're out of ideas for your work or, or business or you've just been trying to think about your life and wondering where you're going. The Holy Spirit's good at that. He's good at giving you the future. And, and, and that's just who He is. He's just good at healing. He's good at giving people peace. I love what one pastor, Yongi Cho, said, the Holy Spirit is so wonderful. He's the administrator of the finished work of Jesus. So everything that Jesus achieved for us, the Holy Spirit is good at giving to us. There's just nothing He can't do. And the the third thing, that number one, He's real and He's a real personality. Number two, He's good at doing stuff we're not good at. Number three is this. We just simply need to invite Him to come. Come Holy Spirit. I mean, you might find a less churchy way to say it. It might be like, help Holy Spirit. 
or, oh my gosh, Holy Spirit, I don't know quite what to do right now. But it's just an invitation. It's like, why the invitation? I've heard it put once, and it was, it's actually a stunning statement, that God is actually a gentleman. The Bible says God is love. I mean, we don't want to mix it up with a powerless kind of powerlessness. No, He's powerful, He's holy. But we just are understanding that we just got to ask Him to come into our situation. And I think that there is a revival awaiting us that's so powerful that we too, like Catherine Kuhlman, could take the platform of our lives. Maybe your platform is your work or your school or your, maybe your home right now. Maybe you're sitting there right now with like anxiety everywhere. Just, you, you just can't, you can't pick what is up or down or you just, it's just hard to know which way forward for you. Maybe others of you, your platform is literally that. Maybe you're a pastor and you're watching this and maybe God's got you here just to remind you of these things. But we all need to realise it's not about us. She said so many times, I have no healing virtue. I have no healing power. It is only the Holy Spirit. If we could just get to this point of understanding, we're just human, but God is superhuman. He's supernatural. He's awesome. And we just need to invite Him. And so today, I'm gonna pray that we would actually, every one of us, just get it. For me, it's kind of got under my skin. I kind of, just with this whole revival theme, I started watching Catherine Coleman and Smith, Smith Wigglesworth, there's no film, but listening to, reading some of his story. But I was watching her um, ministry at the beginning of the year. And it just got under my skin that I need to stop fussing and probably need to stop striving a bit and need to just, you know, at times stop overreaching and just say, come Holy Spirit, you, you can do it. You can just do it. And so I'm gonna pray that right now. And I'm actually believing that right where you're at, there's something, even as I've been talking already, something's been going on. I'm gonna pray for whatever is going on in your life and your need that only the Holy Spirit can meet. And then I'm also gonna pray, if you allow me, for the Holy Spirit to get under our skin. Just that desire to go beyond our natural limitations, really believe God. So come on, let's pray together, all right? Um, Holy Spirit, I thank you in the name of Jesus for who you are. You are His gift to us. Jesus said about you that He was gonna give us a helper, a counsellor, a friend. I just wanna say publicly for the record, you're not weird. You know, there might be things that happen when you're moving that are unexplainable. Even right now, I just know you're moving. I ask you to move in homes. I ask you to move on those who need healing. I ask you to move in um, people's minds in relationships, just come now. And I just thank you for all that you want to do. I'm just so personally grateful that we've got you. We're not orphans, we're not left powerless. So come now into every situation and I just pray you would move. Heal where healing is needed, restore where restoration is needed. Where people, uh, there's been loss, I just pray, Lord God, that there would be a way back, a way back in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Can you just take um, 15 or 20 seconds just to wait for a minute? Because just, we've just asked him to, to turn up. Just let him turn up. Just let him turn up. Just sense him. I can really sense him.
You know, it's, it's amazing what happens, eh, when you just invite God to come. Let me finish with this prayer, ready? So God, I just pray you get under all of our skin and just through the story and the testimony of this amazing Catherine Coleman, that you would help us to not put limits on you and you would help us to not say things are impossible, but really to come to you, God, to, to our own dead end of our own ability, our own understanding, our own limitation and rely on you like never before and let revival break out everywhere like never before. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.